This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? All good, Rich. All good. Great to see you again. Great to see you. Enjoyed last week. Great to meet up. Um, great to be at Wigan. Great yes, to, uh, we, we experienced the sights that Wigan had to offer. Yes, indeed. Yeah. The concrete sights. <laughs> <laughs> the Frankies and Ben, yeah, Frankie and Benny's. Oh, ben was Frankie a big Benny's, fan yeah. of. Oh dear, I love that description on the flagship show of of the tier of the, the tier of options gradually descending <laughs> yeah. as we as we cascaded through the divisions. You know, it it was, was just... look for that one, Rich. Oh yeah, the, oh no, it's five point six miles away. Oh, no. Yeah, so um, we we explored a bit of Wigan, probably the bits yeah. that you wouldn't go if you were. Yeah, yeah, wanting to walk around there at night, maybe. Lo- lo- lovely to go, <laughs> lovely to go up there. Actually, it was good fun. Um, the um, the marquee bar was a bit was it interesting, wasn't it? I think we've got a question from Amy about Wigan and the comparison yeah. to running, but I quite like that. The kind of there's an away pub underneath yeah. the stand, right next in the, door, in the ground. Yeah. And- you wonder where the where the home fans go. It's, it, that struck me as very odd. Because yeah, yeah. as you do, it's the first time there, so we kind of do a little tour of the ground, just getting a getting a feel for the place. But uh, it was odd that that we had our own we had our own um, venue within the ground. Yeah. Was, uh, was what good. was weird was uh, so I read somewhere that it was um, there's a marquee that's next to the ground for the away supporters. So I thought it was something like the fan zone. And so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of trying to arrange meeting up with people. And I pinged a, a, a chat to um, to Mrs. Nuts, our good friend Mrs. Nuts, mm. and said, oh, there's a marquee thing right near the ground. You can't miss it. Get there and realise <laughs> it's a it's a, a physical venue called, called the marquee. The but marquee. then you go inside, it's a marquee indoors. It's yeah. like Phoenix Day, sunshine indoors. It's a marquee indoors. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. So... Easy to find though, um, but yeah, oh. that was quite a nice little thing to have, and we uh, yeah. we kind of yeah, had our own little table, didn't we? That was nice, and then uh, yeah, yeah, got mm. down to the match, and um, I did my my kind of my take on things um, on the flagship show on Sunday. I'm keen to to hear your views from the away end, um, yeah. particularly on the performance and whether you kind yeah. of endorse the view that um, 
the three of us talked about. The five three two formation, also interested to get your views on that. And yeah. obviously the key decisions as well, the red card and the pen. Um, yeah. What did you make of the performance? I guess in the context of um, losing um, Nudsen to a red card pretty early on, what did you make of it? I guess pre and post red card. Yeah, pre-red card, um, I think the red card was, well, the two decisions, the red card and the penalty, changed the whole dynamic of the game fundamentally. Um, before the goal, before the red card, we were, when it was 11 against 11, we were giving them hell. Um, there was geometry, there was precision, there was tempo, there was imagination to our play. Bree in particular was having a great time down the right. We can't, we highlighted the fact that there might be flaky yet another team without a left back and we thought this could be to exploit. And he yeah, was getting in place. he was getting in unopposed cross unopposed crosses several times. You know, he was we were getting tremendous joy. Um and uh it 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 worked. I mean I'm less hung up on formations. It's more about the players and the the style of play. If you get the style of play right often Four four two is a bit different because I think that's very clunky. It's it's very kind of right angles. If you play a flat four four two, but but three five two, um, a diamond or four three three in various forms, you're creating angles and you're giving yourself fluidity within within the shape. And it's down to the players then to be able to to use that mm. as well as they did. And I just felt that we used it brilliantly. There was you know we were causing them problems. We were forcing them back. The fans were unsettled by the way we were playing um and so it was a joy without the two incidents and i include both of them it because it, they both influenced the shape of the game um i think we'd have won that game 2-0 no yeah. question yeah, yeah yeah they they really didn't know what to do what to make of it maybe they maybe they had better bench options as we found out but um we didn't have quite the we didn't have the cavalry to call on, so maybe two one. But I I think we were we were definitely better than them eleven v eleven, no question. The, um, yeah, your I I quoted you on Sunday on the flagship about these covalent bonds, but there was definitely yeah. um, a sense that there was a a trio of Pennington, Bree, and then one of Judge Nolan or Chalibur that were really clicking really well, weren't they down that right hand yeah. side? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You could see it was really working well. And it's all those hours on the training ground. It's all those hours of just, you just almost, it's subliminal. You're almost thinking, right, where, I remember it was, it was a phase, the most great example I remember in recent years was Sturridge and Suarez for Liverpool when they were having that brilliant season. There was one, Suarez played against Cardiff, he played this ball into Sturridge. And it was telepathic. That's mm. the only way he could have known he was there. No, yeah. you know, you couldn't predict it otherwise. And and he was, uh, the ball went, and it was they scored from it. And you can see we're seeing little versions of that, but it it just takes time. It takes weeks on the training ground. You just you're just synchronizing. You're synchronizing all the time. And we are definitely. That's the. It's both the beauty and the sadness of it, really, because yeah, just to see, to see it late, happening. Isn't it, yeah. But and Possibly. again, an endorsement of um of your. Um, astuteness is that it would it needed time to click um, and yeah. I think we're seeing that you know yeah. what would be great is there's a win kind of at this run run of um, avoiding yeah. defeat to kind of in, endorse that but the injuries are kind of racking up there and now the suspensions are as well yeah. um, I just want to get your thought we haven't heard your thoughts on the decisions um, very quickly yeah. and your views we, on Lee Probert perhaps we need, we need to talk about Lee um, yeah there's um, a couple of things I'm I'm with Amy a little bit because both of us were in the a good interesting different perspectives because I know you and Ben were kind of phlegmatic about the penalty and of course you wouldn't have been sitting far away from where Paul Lambert was and he was similarly yeah we were basically the opposite side yeah. uh, right yeah. halfway mm. yeah and so therefore you both had that same perspective from behind the goal um i it looked to me as if chambers had it covered he was a couple of yards back he was running diagonally and also 
Leon Clark's electric pace wasn't something that was going to, you know, he didn't, you know, he doesn't, when he has afterburners, it's more after and less burners. And I felt that um, if you factor that into the calculations, I mean, I was with Mullet and Alistair, I think, Alistair, right, right, the three of us were together. And certainly Mullet and I looked at him and mm, not so sure. We really had our doubts. Mm. Just as equally, I wasn't so sure it was a penalty from where we were. Now, we were at the wrong end to look at it. It just felt... Um, yeah, if if it had gone against us, I'd have probably we'd have kind of gone. Oh yeah, well that's typical. Um, the outco- outcome of both of those was so it killed it as a football spectacle. Instead of this lovely open game we saw for the first twenty odd minutes, it became attack versus defence. Yes, and um, and that and that and it ruined it as a game. Um, small thing on Probert, I want to say this. I don't think we're, there are any biased referees in the league. Um, they're all doing their best to the best of their abilities. But we all have um, ways ways of, ways of operating, I guess is the best way, to ways of managing the game. Mm. I always criticise Jeremy Simpson, for example, because I always feel he's um, he's trigger-happy when it comes to big decisions. He's a good referee. He's, he's objective, I should say. But he's, you know, but I think he will, you know, red, just do not create a red card or penalty he's situation. He's looking for an incident, isn't he? Yeah, he tends to just, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, in in umpiring cricketing terms he's an outer he'll give an lbw rather than not um probert i felt there was an incident just at half time when the ball ended up in our penalty area in the penalty area near the away end and all the players were trooping off and probert had to come over and get the ball so it was literally just him the linesmen were, were kind of ambling in that direction but it was really just him in the away end and a few of the away end politely it was, i've heard worse um expressed a view as to how the first half had been refereed and he did this Wenger style arms out gesture as if to say what could oh, really? I do about it yes he did and I remember thinking to myself what, what why did you do that it's like an opposition striker type thing to do isn't it to, exactly that, to yeah, show that you're yeah. reacting to something yeah I'm a protagonist in the game. There was a touch of Clive Thomas about it in the sense that I felt, you know, he felt that he had a role to play in the game. And it, it was that there was an incident earlier in the game and there were some handbags going on when it was 11 against 11. Same thing. I met, and I didn't realise it was Probert refereeing. And, and he called, it was all became a bit United Nations and we have to have a bit of circle time and we have to discuss this and make it a big thing. And I remember going, who's the ref actually? And I suddenly looked, I glanced at Ch- Ch- Chet Mullet and he said Probert. And I went, oh, right. Suddenly realised, okay, this is the referee we have. Now you have to manage refs. This is the thing. If you know you're going to have this guy um, I am managing you, you're, you're refereeing, you've got, you've got, you've got to, cont- you've got to try and manage him. But um, I think for me, Probert sees himself as a protagonist in the game. Mm. And therefore he feels he has a role to play, not in determining the outcome, but in in shaping the game, I guess is the, probably the best way to put it. Um, so There's an interesting and, um, um, bit in the second yeah. half when Caden Jackson and Danny Fox kind of squared mm. off to one another and had a, ha- a, a bit of handbags, yeah. and that took about three minutes to sort out as well because he was kind yeah. of he, he almost felt like he I was looking straight at him and he, he almost like looked like he was enjoying it. He was enjoying yeah. the kind of jousting and the kind of. Um, being pally with the players as well, and you, you, you're totally right. There were Wigan fans shouting exactly the same thing in terms of "We're not here for you, Pro," but yeah. constantly throughout the match, it yeah. just felt, as you say, that um, you know he's he obviously he had, he's a elite referee or he's a Premier League referee, a league yeah. below, so yeah. clearly wants to make an impression. And I think yeah. certainly those decisions were probably Premier League decisions, but not Championship decisions, if that makes sense. That I think actually. there's probably a bit more latitude. The red card probably more than the penalty, I would suspect. Um, yeah. That these are the type of decisions that a Premier League rev is expected to give because 
a Mourinho or a Guardiola will call it out in a press conference and they don't want to give them that opportunity. Whereas the championship, there's a bit more physicality, isn't there? There's a bit more, there is. li- I think, lenience in terms of those kind of decisions because yeah. the pressure and <laughs> the magnitude of the incident is not as great. And I wonder yeah. whether that's a factor. And the players are more imperfect. Exactly. And at our level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, you will get honest mistakes rather than necessarily, you know, gamesmanship you or gamesmanship going on. Though, mm. though to be fair, our, we did, we we managed the second half brilliantly. I have to say, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that and I have to say to Probe, I think he probably got the amount of added time yeah. probably spot on. Yeah. If if I'm a home supporter moaning that Ipswich have been wasting time and trying every trick in the book. I'd probably say that five, six minutes is probably fair, actually. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I said on Sunday, it was great to see us do it finally, to yeah. be the kind of, you know, the uh, shithouses, as it were, for once, yeah. rather than having it done to us. Yeah, because we've, you know, Aston Villa, we've had it done to us so often. Yeah, the only other side point I'd add in terms of the game um, was I do wonder whether playing with 10 men for so long played some small part in Will Keane's injury. Because the guy was heroic. I think he was man of the match on TWTD on the poll um, from the people who were at the game. They, he got the highest number. He got the highest average score. The guy was heroic he was. for the length of time he was on the field. And I wonder whether it's small. It's all small percentages. I do wonder whether that effort, maybe if if we'd had eleven against eleven, if he had Kwaner up front with him or if he had Jackson up front with him, he could have he could have managed his own game time a little bit. You know, less. Um, Less intensely, as it were, but um, hey yeah, because the pressing yeah. has to start from from a, a from when yeah. you're in your one man down, and and yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting thought that actually. Um, yeah. We'll obviously come back to Keen. I think we've got questions about um, who yeah. replaces him, but it's it's it is a big loss. I think that. Um, yeah. Should we move on to um, <laughs> the Reading. Wigan, the Wigan yes, of the it, South? <laughs> indeed, yes. Or as a as a Reading fan described it, he said, <clears> "The Battle of the Hopeless." <laughs> So yeah. you, know, you have El Clasico. I know we. This El Hopeless. Yeah. El Hopeless. Exactly. That one of them said. Actually, it was kind of like a plague in all their houses. He said, "The bottom four all deserve to go on. All deserve to go down. Woeful the lot of them." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to. We'll have a deal. We'll do if we League One or something. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't argue with that. You know. No, it's uh, you know it's, it's the bottom. That, that that quartet at the bottom are really quite something else this year. You know, it's um, <laughs> all in their very yeah. different ways as well. Yeah. Um, cast your mind back, Harry. We were both there. The tenth of November. Yeah. Um, Paul Lambert is only recently in the job, and can we think of a better forty-five minutes of Ipswich Town football than that two-one lead that we took into halftime at Reading? I, I can't think of anything. Yeah, it was a version of what we've now grown to do more consistently, but it was almost like an initial blossoming, you know, of this kind of, you know, more technical, more sort of tempo-based pass-and-move football. And it was it was an absolute delight. The sad thing, I mean, if you'd had a Keane out there, if you'd had a proper finisher at the front, it would have... Um, Could have been Walters three or, or whatever. Something. You know, it, it would yeah. have been... I thought it was 2-1, two, two, and I thought, we need another goal here. We need another goal. We, mm. you know, we talked about it in the flagship show at the time, and um, we never got the other goal, and then they did, which was such a pity. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Much water under the bridge for both teams since then. Yeah, so a month later, um, um, Paul Clement, who, to be yeah. fair, was probably... Um, on borrowed time anyway after the end of last season um, yeah. he 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 leaves a month later than after that fixture um and jose gomez who uh, 
let's let's not beat about the bush. It's not a name that anyone's going to be massively familiar with. I think a journeyman in a European leagues, but certainly um, yeah. we were discussing has, has not got any um, English um, clubs under his belt before Reading. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about him and, and his approach, but that was perhaps a bit surprised they didn't go for someone a bit tried and tested, a, um, yeah. you know, a, a, a Micah or a Sam or a, an Allardyce or what have you. Um, and um, five loanees in, in January. Um, all yeah. from Premier League clubs, apart from one who we'll come back to up front, um, mm-hmm. who everyone will be familiar with. But again, there's maybe some if if you're um, <laughs> if you're avid players of Football Manager, for example, or if you're a, a Joe Fairs with knowledge of um, up and coming talent from Premier League clubs, these names might be familiar. But again, um, I'm looking at Ajaria Miazga, uh, Lewis Baker's probably one that people know. But again, not names that you would expect to be. Yeah. reinforcing a team that is struggling for form and down the wrong end of the table. Um, yeah. So where should we start on this one? Should we have a look at those new faces or should we try and figure out what Jose, um, Jose Gomez has been doing? Start, can we look at Gomez first? I think sure. cause it's, in, it's interesting. There's, they're, they're, they're still getting to know him, I think. It's fair to say. His background, I've, I've described him in brackets. This is a bit patronising. I've said he's a bit of a poor man's Carlos Carvajal. Carvajal managed Porto. He managed a couple of teams at that kind of high level in continental Europe. From what I could look at, I think Rio, Rio Ave, Videoton, it is, he's a level down really, mm. Gomez, in terms of his pedigree. 48. Um, they can see what he's trying to do. Um, he's trying to, it's four at the back, um, three in the uh, four three three or four two three one, however you play it, um, and it's it's passing out from the back. It's um, it's very continental in, in in terms of the model that he's trying to trying to use. Um, Is it quite yap stammy? Yes, and that's the danger. Spot on. That's the danger with it. Um, that there's a fear because it requires tempo. And there's a fear that he's taken the squad back to the, the there was two Yapstam seasons, first and second season. The first season, they thought they played really well. It was all very Dutch. We thought they had a lot of good decisions go in their favour, but that we can do a lot of can, pointless cr- possession yeah, as well. Yeah, there was, and that was the point. They were getting sort of seventy percent possession in a lot of games, but that then turned into very um, toothless football in the second season. And the fear is that Gomez could take them back to that. That's something they don't want to see. Um, there are, he has organised the defence really well. The signings they've brought in, we'll come on to them, he has strengthened the defence and he has also strengthened up front. But um, the fear is that the midfield issues that were there in our 4-0 win in April and which were there to some degree in the November game still haven't gone away. Mm. Um, and there is also a question mark and we'll come on and talk about it in a bit. John O'Shea, we need to mention briefly. Because out of the blue, in a huge game against Rotherham last week, it was, you know, what is it 20th against 21st or 21st against 22nd i should say you know you know fighting to yeah, an absolute six pointer they were one that, yeah. absolutely they were um they were one nil up and then he brings on john o'Shea to act as a holding midfielder oh. and that asking, has reeks of Darren Gibson or something like that. that exactly, 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 exactly that. And basically they said, I'm finished with Gomez for bringing on John O'Shea against Rotherham and inviting them to attack us relentlessly. Rotherham equalise. And I've written the question here, was this a naive manager being mugged in the championship? Mm. We saw it happen to Hurst time and time again earlier in the season. We thought we saw Lambert doing it to Nathan Jones against mm. Stoke. NCAA, and, yeah. You know, you can get away with that maybe in a kind of against a lower league Hungarian or Portuguese team, but in the championship, you make a mistake like that, and a manager like Lambert or Steve McLaren are on it in an instant. You know, you put John O'Shea because O'Shea is static. As I say, we'll look at him in more detail. So that's that's a that's a concern they have. That said, he's as I say, there are he has he has 
um, made a made a couple of good moves. This, 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 looking at the arrivals and departures, at the back, Vito Manone out and goal. Emiliano Martinez, keeper in from Arsenal. On these are all loan signings. Um, out goes Thiago Lori to Sporting Lisbon, the centre half, and in comes Matt Miazga, a centre centre back on loan from Chelsea, um, USA international. So that has made the back a lot more solid the center but the center back because you've now got martinez and miazga and and liam moore and that's a fairly solid defensive set in front, immediately in front of goal um blackett and yadam still are the most likely starters out wide and at the other end of the field you bring in nelson Oliveira. And mm. they've, uh, exactly <laughs> yes i'm gonna mention him sorry um, and i mean who've they got rid of they've they didn't really you know, uh, Baldock is injured, and they've had they've been a little bit toothless up front. They've got Bod Varson. They've been using Mate up front. He did well against us, yeah. but that that was the exception rather than the rule. I think, as in terms of a finisher, he's that that was that was uncharacteristic. So, uh, but Oliveira is a definite upgrade in terms of goals and in terms of overall play. But midfield is not being addressed because they lost Leandro Bakuna. Yeah. Um... Villa alumni. Um, yeah, I was strange. Uh, I still, th- I still think of him as a strange. fullback, but I think he's grown into yeah. that kind of midfield role. Mm. Not the kind of. I, don't, I wouldn't say that he's a still solid kind of sitting defensive midfielder, but I think he can do the job better than anyone else there. Yeah. Decent money from Cardiff was it? Was about three million or something or four million? Yeah, the, it's it's the question we asked last week as well about Will Grey going from Wigan. The, is that the money is only useful if you can actually replace the player with something? Yeah, well, there was a gap there already, though, wasn't there? You know, yeah, they, they actually but, needed yeah. to supplement Bakuna rather than yeah. to get rid of him. And... Yeah, yeah. We, Rich and I were joking before we recorded about the unpronounceables because they've got two. Um, they've got two holding midfielders. Um, is uh, is is that Alahi and Rinom Hota? If I've got the names correctly, yep. they're 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 the, they're the two sitters, both of whom are. Rinam Hota may be available. I don't think so. But is that Allahi? Is that, they're both out, and without any, without them, they've got no steel in midfield. Mm-hmm. So you've they brought in um, Lewis Baker from Chelsea, Ove Ejaria from Liverpool, and also then they've got Liam Kelly and John Swift. So you've now got four lightweight midfielders running around. They describe it our powder puff midfield. Another person described it as airy fairy. You know, it's um <laughs> it's a very they've got a lot of lightweight players running around in midfield and they've nobody in there who's you know, even even a Flynn Downs, you know, no no one like excuse who can sit and regulate the thing. Mm. So it it tends to be they're asking players to and we'll come on when we come on to Kelly for example, they say, you know, asking him to do a to, to, to be a combative midfielder. He just it's not in his game. So that's the first problem they've got. Then the other problem is um, there's is out wide where they've got three good wingers um, or three direct wingers more accurately. They've got McClary, Mo Barrow, and Callum Harriet, and they're all pretty direct running. They're more kind of using the um, Norwich parallel. They're less Buendia and more Hernandez. They're kind of players who will who will attack. And it looks from what we can see as if Gomez is trying to play more Buendia type of geometric wing play, somebody like Anthony Pilkington, somebody who's technically good and who will integrate integrate with the striker and integrate with the with the central midfielders and move the ball up the field with tempo. This is the idea. So what has he been doing? He's been playing wingers out he's been playing out strikers out wide. Yep. Um we've made he's been playing Omar Richards, the left back, he's played. He moved him up out wide. He's moved to Jarry, a central midfielder out wide, and they're not quite sure what two wingers they're going to get from week to week. So it's very much, you know, the, you know, the, to use the motoring analogy, the car, you know, the, the, that bit of the 
the car is very much in the garage and up the ramp as it were because he he hasn't really worked out how to get this midfield connect clicking quite right so um, this this formation mm. is is what clement was doing as well yeah you know when we when we played them it was um barrow and bulldog who and you said yeah. bulldog's injured isn't he um mm-hmm. and you yeah. just think well, if you're going to persist with this formation surely january is a great chance to bring in um some wide quality because Mate is he's a he's a big unit isn't he he's physical yeah. he's, he's a quite a direct runner but I don't see him as a person who's going to trick his way past the fullback and get a cross no. in yeah, um, this, McCleary's this, a little bit more in that mould but I still see McCleary as <coughs> potentially a number 10 actually I know he can play yeah. down the side but yeah it just feels like there's yeah. a missed opportunity there yeah, it's been he's been doing some weird stuff. He's put Sonny Aluko, who's now left the club, by the way, sadly for us, because he was he was the most <laughs> positionally. I remember us talking about him last yeah, time. Yeah, the Harry. most positionally indisciplined winger you'll yeah. ever have. And but he even had him in a recent game against um, who was it against? It was uh, they he played him as a number ten, and that 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 backfired as well. That was um, I think it was against Blackburn. He went in a, the the win they had, but he again it unbalanced the midfield because sitting him as a number he's not he's not a number ten not a number ten at all. Um, but you say, Mate, you're right. He's a centre. They said it. He's a centre forward playing out wide. He's not. He's not a winger. It's. He's. It's still the, the midfield balance is still all over the place. Um, and I think it, it, he needs to get to the. He needs to get to the summer. At which point, then he can actually he he can probably properly rebuild the thing and and hopefully I think I think to be fair, if Zafalahi or Renam Hotar around and you've got some steel in midfield, that might give the others permission then to actually play the more geometric football. They got a flash of what he's trying to do when they're go in their goal against Rotherham last week. It was a lovely flowing passing move out from the back, but um, they don't see enough of that. It was they say it's happening once every five games. And that's all well and good, but if you can't keep if you can't yeah. hold on, yeah. and, then, and then as you say, if you kind of then that, chuck in those shades to short the midfield, to, <laughs> exactly, yeah, you know, you know, you're, you know it's 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 not it's not, the balance is, the balance just isn't there. You it's, deserve uh, to be where you are. Should exactly. we should we go through? So obviously we've um, we spoke about quite yeah. a lot of these players last time around. I'd quite like to yeah. pick out a few of them though. Should we start with Oliveira and work our way backwards? Good idea. Yeah. Tyrone Ming's mate. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one because there was a sense among Reading fans that. That Ming's incident um, that may have turned out to be a blessing because of the way the club all rallied around him. They're, they're hoping that he'll stay with them next season. It's a loan signing from Norwich, out of favour there. Um, yeah, Norwich fans say, saw that he um, said that he would lose interest, but that's just the bitterness talking. I'm not sure they were bitter about losing him. I think they, they just got pookie they're not instead. Missing him, are they? <laughs> no, they're not missing I mean, him. That, at all. That, yeah. I remember it. So. Uh... I'm quite. Um, I chat with some of the guys from the Tilehouse podcast on Twitter, and yeah. and even those guys were pretty adamant that Ming's deliberately meant to injure Oliviera. And yeah. I, I mean, you have to know a little bit about Tyrone Ming's. I know he's he's unfortunately had two of these incidents now with the one with Ibrahimovic as well. But um, that felt a little bit like Brentford and Hyam and Judge, didn't it? That yeah. I, I I know Tyrone. He's, he can, he does wind opponents up in games. I've seen him do that. He's he will try and needle or or just try and unsettle more accurately. He will try and if he was up against Morsi, he'd be you know I know I could see I could see him already. Um, but he's not malicious. Mm. He's just not malicious. I know him. He's not. Um, and he was he was just in the moment of going for the ball, and he didn't look where his feet were going. He was just thinking, right. He was tearing off. There's no way he did he'd do a thing like that. But I guess. You bring a player in, like Judge was much loved by the Brentford fans. Oliveira, they vested a lot of hope in him. They really feel that he might be the person to get them out of the absolute hole that they're in. It is an upgrade, as you say. 
he is a total upgrade. The other two they've got, I mean, Mace, we've mentioned briefly. They, they said roughly, uh, briefly on Mace, they said he's somehow strangely vital to the team. He's imperfect. He, he misses a lot of chances. He's not a great finisher, but he gives them an outlet with his effort, strength, and desire. And it gives the, he, he kind of elevates the team that way, his strength, his willingness to take a man on. As I say, we're talking about these little hobbits running around in midfield, and you've got Mace. He, he is something a bit different. Yeah. So in that sense, he, he balances the team. Um, but Varson, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to all of in more detail in a second. The question, the problem with um, Bod Varson is, come at the hour, where is Bod? He's often where he is in a time of need, injured. Mm. He picks up lots of little injuries and they said actually, and I agree with this, for all this energy, he isn't even a 15 goal a season striker. His background, his pedigree, he, went for, he played for Viking in Norway and then he went to Kaiserslautern, he went to Wolves, you know, Iceland International. The pedigree looks to be there, but I think we dodged a bullet because I know we were linked with him at one stage closely. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he he he's a he's a he works hard. He hurries and tackles defenders, chases them down. He gives them some sort of an early early attacking threat. But my sense is that whereas um, Oliveira would need um, ten chances to score five goals, but Varson would need twenty. Mate would probably need thirty in that sense. Right. Oliveira offers. He's a quality finisher. Yep. He, they say they describe him as quite the complete forward. His vision, his finishing. He fits this Gomez model of trying to play pass and move football with tempo. The tempo was their problem. But he's but Oliveira, quick vision, finishing, um and uh, his touch, technical are good. Also, if he does make a mistake, they phrase the fact that he will hammer back to recover the ball himself. He's quite selfless. Some of that might be that he's putting himself in the spotlight. He's, I think he's had a contract this summer, so he's kind of, you know, it's a kind of, you know, shop have a look at now. Shop, yeah. shop window, exactly that. But um, Oliveira, you know, there's always a player you worry about every week. And I have to be honest and say, Nelson is the one I'm, he does scare me because we yeah. do get undone, we get undone by teams, by player, teams who've got one player of, caliber and he is that he i think is, is he because he used to big up um the derby rivalry didn't he when he was not and then i don't think he actually scored against us if i remember rightly Mm-mm. it'll just just be our cameron, luck that he then scores for them yeah. against us but yeah cameron jerome's the was the one who got the goal against us in that i remember the one there was a one-all draw i think if, if that's the one i'm thinking of but he'll get a but, nice um, warm welcome Oh yeah, <laughs> North Stand. You know what to do. Blue action. Give him a give him a friendly hello from the from the from the preview show. <laughs> Great stuff. Should we yeah. go out wide? We've yeah, talked about Mate. Do you want to talk yeah, about Barra McLaren? We'll touch on them briefly because we did talk about them last time. Yeah, we did talk about them last time, and also we don't know quite what he's going to do. Hmm. Um, Barrow is the he is the ex- most extreme version of the. Uh, the inconsistent winger you'll ever come across. He's the fastest, but for all of his pace and his getting people up out of the seats, his sense of expectation, everybody goes, "Oh wow!" The lack of an end product is that is comes with him. Is it just it drives them mad? He injects pace. He gets. He said they talk about him. They say he creates an audible sense of expectation in the crowd. I love that <laughs> phrase. You know, but the problem. I love, is he, sorry, just quickly. That uh, I, it makes me think of your book. The, um, <laughs> the, uh, I, the Villa Park. Uh, there's there's this yeah. point where everyone starts to stand up. It's like dominoes, and the backs of the seats. The, sorry, yeah. so the, bo- the <laughs> bottoms <laughs> of the seats bang up against, and you can hear it. It's like a dominoes. It's brilliant. And yeah. that's. But I kind of got that image of Barrow yeah. running down the wing, and everyone's kind of standing up and the seat backs here we go hit, and then here something we go. oh we're sitting back down again oh, oh come on there it goes it's crosses it into the stand yeah it goes to Olympic cross at the end of it exactly <laughs> yeah, I was um, yeah but that's his problem it's it's the it's the lack of you know they talk about he they say he's played every game pretty much this 
and contributed nothing. I've got maybe the numbers wrong, but I think they were saying one assist, no goals kind of thing. That kind of level of that, those numbers may not be right, but that's the kind of level we're talking about. He's not for all of you know. The, there is a lack of effectiveness there. The options, the other two, and we know because they, they may be bench options, particularly Gareth McCleary. He was clever in their equaliser against us because he does offer width. He will sit on the touchline and stretch, but that may not be what Gomez actually wants. Um, he's, and the other issue with McCleary is as the season has gone on, he's 31 now, he seems to be losing a yard. He came on and had a good game against Rotherham. He's good defensively. He's that classic thing of a winger who can hold shore up a flank, but that's not necessarily what they want at the other end. Um but uh, he's. Um, they said he used to be a proper winger, but is not so much anymore. Yeah. And the other option is Callum Harriet. Same thing. Tries hard, but lacks quality. He's had. He was out for two years with injuries. He's had a. He's had a really injury blighted time. Ex Charlton. Um, he's got the raw play, pace to make things happen. He, they had a horrible 4-0 defeat a couple of weeks back at Sheffield United. The midfield particularly was eviscerated, but a lot of the peripheral players that came in, I think he played against, he started the Sheffield United game. They described him as being abysmal. Um, but bear in mind, as I say, the problem with the wingers is they're not, he's, um, Gomez isn't playing the same two out wide week in week out so that thing of building up an understanding just doesn't seem to be happening I was about to say I I remember we talked about this a few times This, even if they're on the opposite side the wingers kind of build a partnership but if you're constantly rotating it that just doesn't happen does it? It doesn't no um, no, should we go to the powder puff midfield thing? Let's have a look at the powder Because I remember us talking about um, John Swift last time because there was a there was a point where he was built up to be the next big thing, wasn't he? Yeah. And I think I don't know whether he's got injured or had a bad run of form, but mm-hmm. it doesn't appear that he's he's regained where he was maybe a year or two ago. No, they're describing saying makes tidy creative passes, but with a usual lack of an end product. Poor shooting set pieces and losing the, losing the ball. He's inconsistent. That's one thing. They describe him as an enigma, blowing Is hot it confidence? and cold. I don't know. It could it could be floppy displays. It could be it could be the midfield balance that's not that's not right there, and he's not got the players around him to enable to free him up to play the game he wants. Yeah, it so if you don't that. have that holder or that sitter, I guess yeah. he has to yeah. do a bit of defensive work, doesn't he? Now, part of the problem, for example, the 4-0 defeat against Sheffield United was actually encapsulated. I saw some extended highlights of it in the worst or one of the weakest midfields in the division coming up against one of the strongest. Yeah. That's how, and he they described Swift as being overwhelmed. They just they just couldn't live with the Sheffield United. There was nothing they could do. You know, there was you know there weren't there weren't enough hoses to put out the fires. It was really that bad. And Swift was caught in the in the vortex of all of this. We've got ex Reading um, Ollie Norwood playing for Sheffield yeah. United, who's kind of yeah. for me is yeah. the kind of de- de- dictionary definition of a quality Championship centre um, central yeah. midfielder at the moment. Yeah, there is there is, that that does come up every so often on their forums oh, actually. Norwood, and they go, oh, you know, how do we? Why did we sell? You know, it's a how did the one that got away. Um, the the sum of Swift, they say, too much fluff and not enough crunch, which is um, I, I feel that sounds like a breakfast cereal. It sounds like a breakfast cereal, doesn't it? But uh, that sums him up. And his partner in crime, Liam Kelly. There, there's a wide view that those two must never, ever, ever be on the same team. Gerard <laughs> Lampard, okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Only, only the only the kind of insipid version of Gerard <laughs> Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> the budget version the Poundland version the Poundland version of it. he doesn't have the physique to do the closing down jobs he, they play him basically he needs to be the box to box midfielder in there with the hardest midfield nut you can get your hands on and that would then free him up to go off and, and run up and play with Swift and have, and have some fun but he, he doesn't have that um 
he does he, he lacks the physicalities and they say asking him to play midfield as a as a midfield hard man leaves him on a hiding to nothing he is a good tackler and he takes good positions but the the problem then when he has the ball they always talk about the fact that he's very safe in his work this has come up before he's got doesn't have the ability to spot a defense splitting pass or try anything different so therefore he's not a midfield hard man he's not a playmaker and he's not a deep line playmaker so therefore, it raises the question: What is he? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's it is an issue. He seems to occupy space and he runs around and and is and is in there and it's all happening. But is he actually shaping? You know, is he? This is it's the mall. It's the same. You know, is this midfield imposing its personality on the team? Um, Renum Hota, I'll mention briefly because he's the one different player. As I say, he gives them the protection. This guy, he was a find. He came from AFC Portchester in the Wessex League. Oh yeah, uh, really? Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute. You know, he's, a, he's their version of Mings in the way they found him from nowhere. A tough tackling midfielder. Um, and they, they they said he's only played something like eighteen games. He's a twenty-one year old. Started against us actually back in November. Yeah. He did, and they said it comes to something when the club is relying on a 21-year-old with this pedigree and background to hold the whole midfield together. Um, but with is Atalati out? He's the, you know, he is the only option. I'm not sure he's going to play against us, and they will miss him. They miss or a version of him. Not a great passer. He plays everything simply purposefully directly he's a water carrier that allows the creative players to express themselves you rarely see his passes dribble to a teammate he plays with good purpose he's he knows what he's doing and he plays with confidence um but um hopefully he won't start against us but he's worth mentioning because if he is in the starting 11 it you know it's not as bad news as Oliveira, but he will give the midfield some sort of an identity mm. the, the other two go, getting back to the lack of identity we're back to lewis baker and again you see why did the uh, baker and ajaria why did they sign them it's, yeah it's, yeah why, why bother? Um, now, Baker, he's neat and tidy. He's capable of wonder passes, but he loses the ball far too often. He played, of course, with John Swift. They both came through the Chelsea system. Okay. I remember that. They see him as he's not hes not a holding midfielder. They describe him as an archetypal number eight with a good scoring record who likes to get into the box. They say he plays pretty triangles with his mate Tom Swift, or John Swift, I should say. It's, you know, he can, given time and space, he can pick a pass and he's calm and assured. But when you listen to the way they describe him, Swift and Kelly, there's very little between the two, um, or between the three, I should say. They're all, they're all, very much, much of a muchness. Um, and Ove Ajaria, I've got mm. some, I've got this, there He's is been around here. a bit, hasn't he? He, he has. Yeah, he has been. He was on loan at Sunderland, I think, last season. He didn't make much of an impact there. And I think, was he at, um, was he at, was it Rangers earlier? Stephen Gerrard's Rangers, Stephen yeah. Stephen Gerrard's Rangers on loan. For half a season, which yeah, always perhaps. makes me suspicious. Yeah. Because when a player has a half season on loan and mm-hmm. then is recalled, either it's because um, they're not playing or because yeah. they, they're needed. So Harvey Barnes is an example. Or it's yeah. not working out. And I suspect it's probably the third it may, it of those. May, it may be the latter. Playing, play, play, playing sort of Scottish Premiership football is pretty, it can be pretty feisty. Um, they think, what about him? More of the same. He he looks like he has a decent touch. But again, he shouldn't be playing as a deep midfielder. He's not. A, he's a number 10 or a wide option. And he did. He was tried by Gomez out wide in one game. But he's too sloppy to play in a deep role. He's, he can be careless with the ball. His best quality is his close control. But that's all he has. And if that's, you know, how do you use close control? It's probably more dangerous around the opposition penalty area. Mm. But there is... They don't know what to do with him. But I have found this, and this is something to watch out for in the game. If the game is boring, keep an eye out for this. And I'd almost want the town dressing room to see if they could make this happen. He's got good body movement, but he reminds me of a teenager who's grown eight inches and can't control their body anymore. Now, here's the bit. Every time he trips or is tripped, he wobbles backwards and forwards like a wobblehead. 
Right. And, uh, now, I just want, you know, I've never ever come across this description before. Remember, it was that weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. You'd almost want to say to Flynn Downs or whoever we're putting, whoever's going to be in midfield, I don't know who we're going to play in midfield. If you're, if this guy's playing, just don't don't foul him badly. We'll just give him little nudges. Just, just, just let's see, we want to see, see if he does actually wobble backwards and forwards. It's just, I've never, <laughs> never come across it before. It's a unique attribute. If it happens, keep an eye out for it. It's, if the game is done and boring, just keep an eye on what's going on there. It came up several times and it's just, I've never seen it before. It's a description of a player that's but, um, very that's weird that's fantastic you know it's one of those things that you free it's a bit like what was his name was it uh, who's the guy's teeth we talked about matthias from in a uh, mm. sheffield wednesday you know it's one of those things that get you know the only thing you remember because the only thing i remember from well, one of the only things i remember from the the reading game back in november was jackal's goal kicking which was just the, the previous goalkeeper it was the worst <laughs> kicking I've ever seen. It he was, was, just, he was, was pretty just, accurate at finding the same bit of the touchline every touch time. Line, it, was, it, was a rugby, it was rugby union. It really was. It was brilliant. Anyway, so that's the midfield, as I say, such as it is, and which we can... And I think that links nicely into the defence because... Mm. They, we talk about the central defence, we'll talk about John O'Shea, and then we link into the centre-backs. Is that OK? Sure. O'Shea looked utterly lost. Right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I just have to have a, a bit of a say here because he was... In this back line, did he play in the 4-0 last season? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. I'm trying to recall... I, I might no, have to look it no, up. He, no, he was at Sunderland last season. But he, was, he was correct. He played. So in he the was brought ball. in specifically. He played, he played in the game in November. He did. Yeah, and he was and, drawn out of position. And I, yeah. and I just think there, there comes a point where players like John O'Shea are are just a bit of a spent force, not purely yeah. because of the physicality, but because there's just this aura around them. I'm sure he's a really lovely guy, and he, he was on the Sunderland documentary, and I think yeah. they're all really sad to see him go. Yeah. But as a Championship footballer, it just feels like people were found him out and sussed him out. And yeah. to, to hear that he's in central midfield is just crazy. But I just yeah. wonder whether sometimes you need to hang up your boots 
you know what I mean? He's played for yeah. Man United. Yeah. I think he's won, yeah. I assume he's won championship medals or something like that. Yeah, he's over 100 caps for Ireland. He's, you know, he's <coughs> vastly experienced player. It happens, we've, we've talked about this before on the previous show, where a player in their mid to late 30s can suddenly go downhill really quickly. Did you, I mean, we were ch- chatting before we recorded, the name that you mentioned, which I, which chimes exactly with this to me, is Johnny Douglas. Yeah. You know, the, uh, two years back for Brentford unplayable and scores 15, 60 goals in, from midfield, joins yeah. us and within a few seasons is is looking lost at Newcastle away, isn't he? Yeah, that's, that, that famous clip that went up and even even, even he smiled at it actually. Yeah. Well, I feel Shea's sorry for him. him. I just feel sorry for him. Yeah, all. yeah they say about him, he didn't touch his, the ball in the first 10 minutes on the pitch when he came on. It was an absolute, absolute you, could, you could see what Gomez was thinking, you know, at this vastly experienced player, but he hadn't played. O'Shea hadn't played in any of the previous eight games he you know this was suddenly out of the blue it was a let's lob him on to speed, a, please, yeah. get up to speed yeah. <laughs> a rabbit in xenon beam headlights that described they say he's totally reliant on positioning and reading of the game because he has got no pace yeah. and when i say no pace i'm talking about yours or my level of fitness no pace you know walking apologies apologies no but that kind of walking to the walking down to buy a pint of milk pace yeah canal boat exactly they did say well there was one memorable image i don't think he's going to play against us they said one of them described him as that he was wearing his shorts and he had his shirt tucked into his shorts which is fine but the Shorts were then just around, just under his nipples, and he said that we said he was straight out of the Barnstonworth United team of the 1950s. So it was this, you know, we, we talked about Charlie Adams having his. Maybe this happens as you get older. Your your shorts either go down to your knees, or they come all the way. They come all the way up. Simon Cowell-esque, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Anyway, so that was John O'Shea, but more sensibly at the back. Um, they've got they've, they, the, the two who will start, Liam Moore and Matt Miaska. Miaska's worth watching. He seems to be an upgrade on a Lorry who did have his mad moments. Miaska, another Chelsea loanee. Another Chelsea loanee. Mm. They got him originally from New York Red Bulls, American international. He's only 23, but he's a no-nonsense, solid, big and dominant defender. He will simply do a job rather than look pretty on the ball. He won't make any of these lovely passes with a bit of curve on the end. He just, he knows what he's doing and to be fair, American, from what I've seen of Major League Soccer, it's quite English in its style. It's physical, it's combative and there isn't... There are usually mistakes, yeah, mind you, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yes, oh, yeah. and slower tempo as well, but it is, but, but in shape, it seems to be more that than, say, Italian tactical fine-tuning as it were um they said about this guy miasga he bosses it at the back he wins his battles his heights and advantage he wins his headers he wins his aerial duels tracks the ball what more could we ask for he did with low midfield protection against sheffield united he had a tough game but previous to that they played aston villa and they described him several of them said he had tammy abraham in his pocket so um oh. i'm not sure how much joy we're going to get out of him um his partner liam moore as i said the center the center of defense is quite strong um moore is solid does little wrong defensively we've known this with liam moore he was linked with the move i think to brighton in the summer and they were they they feel miazga is probably now the more natural leader of the two in the back four um the criticism of moore is that he is painfully slow on the ball they were talking about in the t- they were, they were getting back to the Appstam thing, um, the, the style of play being very similar under Gomez to Stam. I was trying to work out, was it the fannying around with the ball at the back? Was it the lack of wingers? And listening to what they were all saying, it actually struck me was the lack of tempo. They, they, that type of game has to be played with some urgency. And it, it needs to, to start play. from the back, yeah. doesn't it? If you're going to pass it, needs, it out. 
Exactly, Rich. And therefore, Liam Moore is not the man to do it at the mm. moment. He's too ponderous on the ball. And it, it, this is, it was relentless. It was an absolute chorus of this, dithering on the ball. He's good defensively. He makes good blocks, but painfully slow. We must stop playing through him at the start of each attack. And um, he's too negative in possession. So, um, but, so that's, that's the criticism of him. But behind him, the keeper, Emiliano Martinez, this guy, I, I didn't realise he's actually played on loan for Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham. I remember him. He played on loan at Wolves for a while as well. Okay, yeah. recent one. Um, Argentinian originally. Um, they like him. He's really, again, solidified the back of the core of the defence, um, relieves the pressure, calms things down. He is an upgrade, certainly on Yakala in terms of distribution. He's good at st- starting quick counterattacks. That's the thing they like. They, they can break the press. It's the pedigree, isn't it, from Arsenal? Yeah, yeah exactly that. Um, I mean, they've got through some keepers, haven't they, Reading? Blimey. Mm. Like, you mentioned Yakala, but Manoni was being in and out of the team as well. I'm just looking yeah. at the squad. There's four keepers. There's Sam Walker there. The Sam you. Walker, that's right. Um, yeah, they've yeah. gone through some keepers. Yeah, but they, they like this guy. Um, Shot-stopping command of the box and organisation of the defence are brilliant. However, there is a but, a small one, but it may, will happen. On average, he makes one dodgy pass in every game. And if you look at the Sheffield United highlights, the second goal, he played it to a player who was... Talk about getting caught in possession. He was caught in possession by half the Sheffield United team and some of the crowd as well. He was that. It was a really real hospital pass. He was done. The three passes later, the ball's in the back of the net. I think Medine scored it. It was. Um, so there's, this is the imperfection of what they're trying to do. They do want to pass out from the back. So they're not quite where we were under Lambert when we started trying to pass out from the back, and we were really not good at it. I started at Reading, didn't it? It did actually. It, did. <laughs> it worked actually as well. Maybe, to be fair. maybe maybe we gave them the idea. I don't know. It did work there, <laughs> but teams teams wised up to it. Um, I think they have players who are more capable of doing it, but um, but it is still very imperfect. It's still very much work in progress. So um, and the only other two players then really worth mentioning um, are the two fullbacks, mm. Yadam Yadam and Blackett. Um, again, they do have left backs for once for this week. Um, Yadam's interesting. Um, ex Barnsley, he came. In, I think he joined this summer. Um, mobile and physical, up for a battle, has a good attitude, very good defensively. But here's a euphemism: he lacks finesse in the final third. Um, he's uh, he, he surges forward and gets the crowd excited. But they say, <laughs> actually, this is relevant. Please don't pass the ball out to him from the back, or he will lose it. He plays himself into trouble far too often. So um, you might want to mark him. Whoever's on the who's our, whoever our left winger is. Just Did he play. have handbags with someone in the two all game? Was he the one who, uh, who went... Actually, yes. Go on. Uh, he went absolutely crazy. I forget. I think, uh, was it Sears or something like that? Wound him yeah, up. Something awful. He did. he did. And he had to be really calmed down because he might... I think he possibly got booked. Yeah. I think he might have been a, a walking red card at one point or another and then yeah. calmed down. Is that... Was that him? That's him. That is him. I, do, I, do I think Mate got wound up as well a little bit. Yeah, but... I did. No, but Yadam definitely did. I think it was. I think he didn't get a foul. He was, was it Scoose or something? Or yeah, that was it. He did. Yeah, I think he might have had a fifty-fifty, yeah. and yeah. And, and it kind of it it, it 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 put him off balance. Um, so that's Yadam on left back. Then you've got Tyler Blackett. Um, Blackett, ex-Manchester United, a while back. He's twenty-four now, but um, he. His problem is he. They were talking about maybe putting him in as a, as a holding midfielder because often that's if you haven't got a you know see if a fullback will do the job um and uh but no they said no in fact they, 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 there was a chorus of oh dear god no more <laughs> accurately they said uh, he isn't quick thinking and is oblivious to what's going on around him so you know you just you know yeah go he's on. just a but bit mad, isn't he yeah exactly yeah he switches off 
um, and the thing they really don't like about him, and this isn't this isn't new. This goes back over previous years. He's a he's 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 he trots back when losing possession. He switches off. He okay. lose the ball upfield, and then he will. He you know it's risky. Then he'll he'll jog back. You know he's it's a bit. I mean I'm not being hard on Kenlock, but he has done that in the past where he'll just have a moment in his early career where he'd suddenly just lose concentration for ten seconds. Blackett does this quite regularly. So, um, but he is physical. He offers some athleticism, some athleticism. So him and Mate on that side, for example, can you know they, they, they you know they you know they, they they can shut down they can shut down that flank. Um, possibly Omar Richards might play as well. A quick mention on him. He's only 21, um, and they think. He's technically a left back. He could be a left midfielder. Um, he's a side option um, who may may play. He gets caught out passing out of defence. That's his weakness. But he he's if he's a left winger, it would again be to shore up the defence. Whereas Mo Barrow on that flank gives you know he's you know he, he you know he will leave his full back badly exposed. Chris Gunter, quick one. Chuck him in, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 as peripheral as yeah. He's where are they now? He's very much that. A bit like John O'Shea. Um, he was on the bench last week um, against Rotherham, but he didn't play. He didn't play at all. Um, he isn't good enough offensively. Slows the game down at every opportunity. And they've always criticised him about this before. His first instinct is to pass back or sideways, and he always back up, backs off. I wouldn't be surprised if he. He's only 29, but I wouldn't be surprised for all his experience if he doesn't leave in the summer. Mm. So that's that's where they are. As I say, the, the big thing, the contrast with Rotherham last week was a team of limited individuals against or limited uh, limited players playing as a team against a team of creative individuals playing as individuals some of that is to do with the lack of balance in the team but that's the that then also ties in with confidence and the fact that maybe the season has taken a fair bit out of them whereas we're playing yeah. with a lot of freedom we're playing in an unburdened way we saw what Wigan last week they were god talk about a team that were really nervous they, they are very nervous playing in front of us all the time you might get a bit of that with Reading as well they, side, yeah. yeah yeah, they were going side to side and they weren't actually landing a blow there's a bit of that about Reading definitely as well yeah. would you um, so, so would you revert back to the diamond I'm sure we've got questions about the diamond of the 5-3-2 but presumably our best chance is to pack the midfield and try and win our battles there yeah yeah I, I would I would do. I would do. I mean, Bree's rock solid. I don't know who you play at left back, but Bree's rock solid at right back. So that would work for me. Um, you know, if you if you overwhelm them in midfield, I the key thing for me would be to give Judge as much of a free role as possible in front yeah. of a front pair. I would almost go so that he can then. Well, he might so be he, up against the centre backs, mightn't he? If there's no yeah. centre, yeah, he exactly. might have a lot of space. Yeah, he could have a lot of space. He could cause Mary Hell in there. I mean, if you were to go with say. The two our two fifth strikers Jackson and Quan are up front just to occupy Moore and and uh, Miazga that and let let Judge then float in around in, in you know he could he can find space he can, and he can read the game give him a free roll in the diamond I think that could work quite well mm. yeah we shall yeah. see brilliant stuff yeah. as always Harry really enjoyed that mm. um, and keep a lookout for Ajaria um, and his bobblehead yeah his bobblehead David Gray. <laughs> Shall we, um, shall we do um, Daryl's combined 11 before mm -hmm. I... Um, I've got two kits by me that I'll talk about as well very briefly. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a bit where I need to defer to you here. Um, but mm -hmm. let's go through this, shall we? In goal, Alex McCarthy. Not, um, I don't think there's any other choice there. No no, 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 no argument there. He's a really. decent keeper, isn't actually. Is, yeah. he, is he now at Southampton? Am I right in thinking he's at Southampton? He is, actually, I think. Yes, I did look... Yeah, I looked yeah, him up. He is, he yeah. Decent. He was He was mm -hmm. in a similar vein to, to, to Reading when we based it, when we were, I think, mix 
possibly was it Mick's first season or Jules last season when we went through a load of lonely keepers. Um, I think he was probably. It was, yeah, he was in that. Stephen Henderson as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So there's a five. There's a back five. Yeah. Interesting personnel. Yeah. Go on. No, I was just going to say, in most, should point out to everyone, in recent weeks, Daryl's combined 11s, we've had 48 strikers, and who can we get in defence? This is somewhat inverted, let's just say, but uh, carry on. We're not yeah. confident there's goals in this yeah. team, are we? Let's put it that way. So, the, the back, so the, there's, I, I'm, I'm thinking there's two better defenders on the bench here, but I'm going to go with Daryl, um, no, because he's done the hard I, work. I, I, uh, yeah. Dan Harding, I'd probably switch out for Liam Rossini, who I think could play both sides. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming the wide defenders are Harding, who I don't remember playing for Reading. I'll be honest, um, and Chris Makin. Yeah, Makin. Um, I've got I've got him down as the left back, and I've put Harding on the right. In terms of the oh, back I'd five, have him the other way round. Yeah, I yeah. thought Harding was a lefty. No, um, that's interesting. Yeah, but I'd I'd, I'd chuck in Rossini over Harding if that was a choice. And then the yeah. um, three here of Andy Banal, uh, Andy Banal, um, who I think he suggested was a, is Beckham's agent or something wasn't he that's right he, he is that's right I looked him up he is he's definitely David Beckham's agent yep that's, so um, Ivringer Marson who scored a last minute equaliser against us in our um, um, god that game playoff yes. season yeah. when Darren Bent scored in the 89th minute yep. and they popped yep, up that and, game. and if we'd yeah. won that game um, we would have still I think finished outside the, pl- um, the automatic places on goal difference I think um, mm. I did the research on that on that um, t- uh, sliding doors video still available on the uh, Blue Monday channel um, plugs over um, Frederick Anthony John um, Irvin Gernon uh, can you tell us about why Irvin is it I just because it's rhyming slang or is this... It must be. I can't. Irvin Gurner, that's the only thing I can think of. I looked him up. This he was he was he played for us mid eighties, I think, eighty one, eighty seven. He played for us he was he was he was definitely in the squad for I've no I have no I do not know. Tweet any I I Google. I'm searched. thinking of Gar- um, G B Gar- Naked Fifty yeah. guy. Come on, yeah. Graham. Yeah. Graham, Graham, you know, Graham or Darryl, Dave. Yeah, we we've we've been beaten on this one. We we looked. I looked damn hard i couldn't find anything else to link why he's called irvin but he's a he's got a he's got a absolute jaw-breaking number of names but uh, oh, da- nothing... daryl was suggesting that he's the yeah. new um Kiefer francesco roberto moore but, uh, <laughs> our mid- um, the midfield yeah. so the midfield is a little unbalanced um yeah. andy leg so we've got long throw-ins yeah um tabby you always yeah. get a shift out of tabby um stephen hunt um Coventry yeah. city alumni um last glove yeah. um, so at least we'll get someone on the set pieces and then up front um, more for their Reading era I suspect um, yeah. Noel Hunt and Nicky Forster they were big big, big players for Reading weren't they they were big players they were big players but they weren't the problem the word big is appropriate here because <laughs> I looked up the height of Hunt Tab Leg Hunt again no, oh, we're all right, yeah. Forster. they're all about we're looking at an average height here of about five foot nine. Oh wow um, yeah so that's why i was thinking well you got kevin lisby on the bench as well that doesn't exactly, help you know, that's good maybe you could stand on the other shoulders it is no height in this team even dominic samuel from what i can remember i don't think he was in unit either i was thinking that ibrahim asanko's on the defense the only thing you could do is have Sonko in there somewhere and win a few set pieces so that he could at least trundle He's up. our Ryan Shawcross up front. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's, I thought Dominic Samuel was over six foot, but I might be wrong. You could the, be right. The, the Bobby Hunt right. there, I think he was yeah. a loney in the Burley era, early That's, on. 
Mm. Midfielder, I think. But yeah, certainly not a name that is worth getting in the starting lineup. So yes. there you go. I, uh, Bobby Hunt, I had him earlier, actually. I looked him oh, up. Really? I could be wrong. I had him down at the very early Bobby Robson era. Oh, 60, I might be wrong. 68 to 71. I could be wrong, though. We, could, As I say, it, we, we could be on crossed wires on that one. But, but it's... Um, it's a great team, Darrell. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, He's done his best there. He has done his best, but blimey, it's, there's a lack of height and a lack of... <laughs> yeah, the, you know, we've, you, the goals you, will be tough to come by, won't they? Maybe it's something to do with Reading's midfield. I mean, you know, Hunt, Tab, Leg, you know, they're just they're about the same as the current lot, actually, in terms of maybe it's something about their midfielders. They don't have big midfielders in Reading. It's a strange one. Anyway, here we go. Very quickly, hey. before we move away, I'll just do the kits. Oh, is there anything more yes, on Darrell's yes, team? No, that's everything. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so um, I've got, um, for those of you uh, listening onto the podcast, I'll do this very quickly. Oh, I, have, in Technicolor. Yeah. I have the, I have the um, pinstripe Adidas kit, which I quite like, actually. Um, nice it did that. split opinion. Yeah. We beat Reading 2-1 at home, a win that took us into the playoffs um, yeah. in February 2016. Obviously, ultimately, a disappointing end to that season. Um, I put it up there because we won. I can't remember that game. Ryan Fraser scored and Brett Pittman scored as well. Um, yeah. So the Bournemouth duo there combining. And on the other side, the faded core uh, 95 to 97 kit, where we beat Reading 5 2 at home early in the season. Oh my God, yes, I remember that. Yeah. I think they had a really yeah. nasty away kit. It might have been a mm-hmm. red, and I think they were auto trader. I can't remember. Um, I think they just sat their manager. Mm. I think I went to that one, but I, yeah, my memory is starting to fade on that one. So some winnable um, history there yeah. against Reading. Yeah. Should we do they, some they, questions? Oh, sorry, go on. Please. Yeah, I was just going to say, they don't have a, they, they're not optimistic in that sense. They don't have a good record at Portman Road. Yeah, um, just, and one, one mm. away win this season. Yeah. Yeah, than say, away. yeah. Yeah. So we have a... You're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> um, where do we start with the questions? Mikey Smith... Of the of the Blue Monday team is always good for a great question. I'll end with that one. Um, mm. Jack Barham, um, do you think we are we are rebuilding for next season? As um, the young players are getting contracts, do you think they will be in the League One plan? Um, yes, I think. Can we put this in with Mullet's question? Sure. Because... Let me see if I can find that one very quickly. Um, who should we call from the squad given the emphasis on youth deals this month? Are there areas where the kids will be all right in League One? Yeah, I think those two together. I've I've given this some. I've let this go through the filter beds. It's next season. Assuming we go down, and in a way, if the sooner I wouldn't say the sooner the better. In a way, but we have clarity. We're not. If we know it's going to be the worst of all worlds, we can plan early and we can actually get on and 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 line our ducks in a row up for next season. Um, and I've broken the squad into four groups in terms of how we should shape it for next season to try and keep the balance within the team. The sum that we should... So looking at the youth players and the established players, some of whom are going, um, and here's my six months worth on it. There's four groups of players. There's the older players, if I can call them that, who we should lose. And I would include in that people like Ward, Adeyemi, Knudsen, Roberts, Hughes, and I would include Bart, partly for money, if nothing else. Okay. Not, not, not a question of ability. But there are players who you might say, well, okay, that's past history. Let's just draw a line under it. The ones who you would want to keep would be players like Gherkin, Chambers, Skews, Sears. For me, Gherkin would be fine in League One. But, uh, and possibly judging Keynes, if we can. If we if can. We can. If yeah. we can. So then there's, then there's two other groups of players we need to look at. There's the younger players who I would be inclined to hold on to where possible. And there you've got Wolfie, Emmanuel, Ken Lockdowns, Bishop Nidham, Lancaster. And they're players who would be within the core of the team 
I would have thought, in the squad, definitely. And then the other group, the fourth group, and these are the ones that I'm not so sure about, and these are the, this will be interesting in the summer. There's Hearst players, as I call them. So, Inciala, Harrison, Nolan, Edwards, Jackson. So, it's, so it's trying to get a balanced squad out of that. To me, the emphasis, as I say, the older players, I've split them my way. The younger players, my instinct would be to say yes, given what Marcus has talked about with bringing the younger players through. The Hearst, Hearst alumni, if I can call them that, I do not know about. They might be ready-made um, for League One, though. They could be, yeah. It's, but then the question then is around what's the balance of youth and experience because you cannot build a team around all of the younger players. It will just be ruinous. It'll be this season revisited again. You need some gnarled... I mean, Accrington has taught us that. You need some streetwise players to bring these other players through. I mean, Lambert has even talked about that in press conferences. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If the moment arrives and um, relegation is confirmed, mm. yeah. do you want to see um, some of these kind of players that have just been um, awarded contracts, the likes of um, Ndaba, Dobra, um, oh, I'm struggling to think now, um, Bailey Clements, mm. giving a go as well? Yeah. Um, next season... Al Mazzuni? Yeah, yeah, next season, yes. You would bring them... But not... Yeah, Before don't do no. Oh God, no! Sheffield United away. Well, pick and choose, I guess. Yeah, Bolton play away. Leeds, but Bol- Bolton away maybe exactly. You know, but that 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 that, that would be my my fear. I mean, it, it's not going to do them any good. They they've got. I mean, Reading, for example, have a player, a striker, who Danny Loader, a really pros- bright prospect, an eighteen-year-old. He came. He's come through, and initially. Um, Gomez, and this is another thing that worried them. They were talking about. He was saying, "Well, he's capable of leading the line." Ask any White Reading fan. He's not. He's maybe a bench option for ten minutes, but do not put him in there. It'll absolutely kill him. So you've got to be careful. To me, it's 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 the old balancing again. You, I think these players, in a in a settled team, if you've got a lot of experience around them, if you've got good. I, mean, I always remember Mick was very good with with when he had a manual playing he, against. Um, he had Knudsen on one side, opening game of the season, two all draw at Brentford. He had Knudsen on the left, he had Emmanuel on the right, and he had uh, Chambers and Berra and Skews in around him. And basically, they got Emmanuel through that game, and it was brilliant because um, you could see he was growing. He grew it was, in it was, with him and Maitland yeah, Niles. That was quite a good yeah, pairing on that side. That was on that side. Maitland Niles was in front of him in that game. Exactly, it worked really well. But. You just it's it's what did for us this season. Putting them all in in one go won't won't work at all. So as I say, I wouldn't be surprised if we bring in a few more experienced, a few gnarled, wizened old hacks to to help us out in League One next year. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Um, Alex um, Lumley asks a kind of similar question, but with um, the weekend in mind, um, because there's so many strikers out. Um, if Harrison's <laughs> out still, could Kai Brown <laughs> be shoved onto the bench and used as a joke as trying something different? Possibly later no. in the game, or do you think it's too late to bring another youngster into the situation we're in? I suspect, given what you've just said, Kai Brown, it's um, it's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? It is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. It's like um, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame it's... about Ben Morris, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think I wouldn't. I, I'm not sure it's going to help in any way at all. Given, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, Let's um, quickly do this one. Um, Taco Man. Um, <laughs> did the tour bus crash through a whole group of gypsies that put curses on our strikers? Firstly, <laughs> I'd play um, Harrison and Kwana up top for a while, leave yeah. Jackson as a sub to run its hind legs. I think we Kwana will almost certainly play, won't he? But we, um, Harrison, um, Lambert wasn't sounding too no, positive on that. 
No, he's not. I think he. I think he might have had the book, if I'm not mistaken, that's doing the rounds. But um, I don't think he's. I don't. I think it's going to be Harrison or um, it's going to be Quanner and Jackson, Jackson up front. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's all we've got. Um, as to the wider question, I think Amy hinted about it as well. I just were jinxed, and often what happens is you get a domino effect as well because when you get a couple of players injured, you're reliant on the other ones. They're more prone to injury because they're being worked a little bit more heavily. So it can yeah. that can happen. Yeah. Yeah, it does, feel, it does feel like we're jinxed. It really, really does. It's Can't ridiculous. wait for the end of the season. <laughs> ridiculous, it really is. It needs a reset. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple on the on the 3-5-2, so we'll go through that. So yeah. um, FPL Tractor, given Reading usually play with wits, um, I think I wait Harry from Bar's judgment on that one. Um, does that mean 3-5-2 for us? It seemed good for 20 minutes last week. And then something similar from Ippy Land. Do you think the diamond formation is a long-term one for Lambert or will he continue to change it and be pragmatic with the 5-3-2 at Wigan? What best suits us now? Um, with a view to um, Reading and what we talked about, um, diamond or 5-3-2 or will there be something different? You could see the thing is, a lot of it comes down to if Collins is available, you could then have Collins, Pennington and, and Chambers to shore up the back. And, I was thinking and that. That, yeah. that, that, that. That's one option. If you don't have Collins, the diamond then comes into play very strongly, I would have thought. I like the idea of having two up front and George sitting in behind them. That, to me, works well. It's to, I mean, it's less to me about, again, the the actual the 4 3, three, three five, two, whatever. That's important in... Yes, it is. It's vital to get the get the shape right in terms of the balance. But it's as much about the players that you're using and the style of play that you're playing with. And that's what we saw against Wigan when we were playing with the three five two. It was every bit as fluid as what we were doing in the second half against Stoke with the Diamond the previous week. It does, you know, you're still getting the same movement. You're still getting the same patterns of play just coming through. You just, you know, it's just slightly different geometry. So. Um, I'm comfortable with either because I know how we're going to play and I know how the players are going to play. Um, but as I say, if you've got Collins, you might want to go with the three um, because that gives you a little bit more solidity at the back to deal with Oliveira. Yeah. But um, but just as equally, as I say, you could you could easily go with the diamond because I'm, I'm confident about Bree. I'm a bit more nervous on the left. But um, So hold that yeah. thought. So Paul Westlake. So if, if yeah. it is a four, back four... Um, uh, he would mm. love to hear what Harry from Bar thinks of the formation we will play, um, considering Nudson out four four two with Elder at left back. Um, we've talked about Jackson and Quarner. I think that's probably a given. Yeah, um, but Elder at left back, I'm not sure I like that. Ooh, I don't know, Elder. Especially just with this question. Man. Sorry, just quickly, we had questions about players for next season, haven't we? I forget. Yeah. I, is Ken like one of those players that you would keep for next season? Here, so we've got a. We've got to keep giving him match time, haven't we? There's no point giving Callum Elder game time. He's not our player. That I'd agree, yeah, that I'd agree with. But as I say, it's just if Kenlock can... It's, it's whoever we put... I, if we're playing 4-4-2, it's got to be 4-4-2 with a diamond. You can't, I don't think a flat 4-4-2 would work. I think because you need to have Judge further forward. So you need to have a, a playmaker... In, in, in the shape. So whoever you put on the left, you would want to make sure that they're more defensively alert to be able to give the left back more protection. I'd be less concerned about Bree on the right, to be fair, because I think he's he just looks to me, you know, he'd be another one in that group of players if we could try and keep him next season. That would be fantastic. I've still got question marks about, about Kenlock. He's a brilliant... He's He is quite stylish when he goes forward with the ball. He can break forward, but um, I just... I just he does make me nervous defensively. I think the head isn't necessarily there, is it? It's, um, yeah. It's a bit yeah. of... Maybe it's experience, but it, I think it's it's 
discipline and yeah. yeah. Um it was Super Franz who um is there a hex in our club? Or are the yeah. current number of injuries normal for a club in opposition? Reading have got similar issues as well injury wise, haven't they? Um, they do. But yeah, yeah, it does feel that way, Super Friends. And Super Friends is also the person who listens to this in the gym, I think. So um, make sure you are, yeah, power through Super Friends, keep going, um, reach the burn on all that yeah. all that motivational talk. Um, f- let's do a couple more of these. Um, Harvey Davies, um, who I met on the um, Blue Monday Live, travelled all the way from mm. Wales. Good on you, Harvey. Um, if we lose to Reading, if, if we lose at Reading on Saturday, which would all but confirm relegation, um, in his opinion, <laughs> uh, will we see a change in Lambert's team selections? Uh, specifically, um, I know you've just called him out as as being a positive. Josh Emmanuel, uh, a lot of people asking for Josh Emmanuel to be given a chance to ride back over a short term loan in Bree. Any thoughts on that one? I've, I'm impressed by Bree. I have to say, I feel sorry for Josh. I really do. He's now he hasn't had a look in all season. You just you don't know what's going on at the training ground. Given give what he managed last year, so I think to be fair to him, you've got to you know you've either got to use him or let him say, look, go and go and find another club somewhere else. But I oh, know I wouldn't I wouldn't get rid of Bree at all, particularly for playing a diamond because he that position comes under a lot of stress and having a good useful right back. He's you know I've seen nothing to raise any question marks about him. He was yeah. great last week, actually. He really he's was. actually yeah. grown into it, actually. Um, yeah. Ben Arier, um, are you expecting our following to be larger should we go to League One next season? To an extent, could the benefits of relegation be the Ipswich fans could feel connected again? Yeah, good question. Um, I think the away following will be on tour. The home following is the one I'm more worried about. I think the away following it could be it could be right. It will be sellouts every week. Yeah, because yeah. there'll be less. No. Like, some of them yeah. there'll be less tickets. Yeah. Plymouth, Fleetwood, all these. Oh, great! That's this is it's the novelty of it as well, and it will be fun. Um, in that sense, that the, the quality won't be great. Yeah, Accrington wasn't fun, I know, but it's. Uh, but I do think there will be. It'll be something fresh. It'll be something different. As I say, Portman Road would be more. I'd be more worried about, particularly if we get off to an indifferent start. Then you'd you'd worry that it could become a little bit not so much hostile, but it could just become a bit quiet. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'll end with. I've got three of these questions that I'll end with. Um, Mrs. Nuts, the aforementioned Mrs. Nuts, with so many injuries for Saturday, is Bowser the dog looking like a real prospect potential wildcard? I have to press <laughs> you for an answer on this, Harry. <laughs> oh dear, we could do uh, yes, a, a terrier. No, he's not a terrier, is he? No, he's anything but. He'd be a proper unit up front. He's the kind of he's the kind of the canine equivalent of Quana in terms of being able to barge into players. He'll and... sniff out a chance, Harry. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Sniffing out a chance. <laughs> My one contribution to this podcast this week. Um, Daryl, our friend Daryl, would you rather fight an Ibrahima Sonko-sized J-Tab or 12 J-Tab-sized Ibrahima Sonkas? Sonkos, um, even. I'd go with the one rather than the twelve. To be fair, I think yeah. that would be yeah, but yeah. I gave that. My, I I did think about that one actually. Yeah, it's all that yeah. surface area. So I take that to chemistry. Um, Mikey Pentysmith, our good mate, in Mikey. Um, I'm particularly keen to understand from your perspective, um, maybe from last weekend. What's your favourite motorway service station, Harry? Oh God, this is my, this is my inner Bathonian coming out here. It's got to be Gloucester Services. It's so. I tell you, it's a routine if you go up north. You set off dead early, have breakfast at Gloucester. It's about an, literally an hour from Bath on the motorway. So you you just have your lunch, you have your breakfast there, and then off you go for the rest of the day. It's a it's ever so civilized. It really is. <laughs> and you get a better actually. And the other thing I say, the, the sausage rolls. I would say, I've never had a Woodbridge one, but I'd say they're probably almost but not quite as good yeah oh that's a big boast there <laughs> something to look forward to if you're heading down for the bristol yeah. city away game in a few it's, weeks it's indeed, yes. um, 
Thank you, everyone, for your questions. There were some good ones in there. Um, how do you want to do your plugs? Um, yep. Tell us where we can find your blogs. Yeah, the blog for the preview for Reading Tomorrow with formations and highlights, etc., etc., will go up on TWTD at around lunchtime, and it can be found via my Twitter feed, which is at Harry from Bath. Fantastic. Um, you can find um, me at Ips Rich and our channel at Blue Monday ITFC. And I shall be back. Um, I've been given the, the reins to the main show on Sunday. Um, who knows what havoc I will wreak. I'll come up with a brand new game. Um, too little, I'm, I'm going to probably spare. It's, it'll be Dave and Joe on Saturday. I yeah. shall spare them two little ducks. But maybe I'll mm. come up with something new. But I think mm. we'll do CV games. So um, feel free to DM me with any useful suggestions on the CV game. And... Um, yeah, looking forward to reporting back on, um, um, well, let's not use the W word, shall we? No. Um, but fingers crossed there, Harry. It's a game which is full of all possibilities, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Harry. That was great. Cheers, cheers, Rich. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.